Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Good morning. Happy New Year. Hey, happy New Year to you. Doug Gottlieb, Dan Beyer, Jason Stewart. Happy New Year, Doug. All in the house on a uh, New Year's Day where it's really interesting, right? Tonight is should be an awesome doubleheader of college football. Um. I don't know. I mean, I, I think we have as close to the four best teams as possible. There's lots of discussions we need to have about the debacle that has been the bowl season thus far and whether or not next year it will fix it or make it worse. I'm not sure. But um, it just – there's so much stuff to get to. Like, uh, Dan, as, as you and I were texting, and I was texting and talking with Jason Stewart, our esteemed producer – you know, um, uh, you know, we we went to bed and Jay Stu sends these long, all these different notes and things, and it's like, hey, like Lamar Jackson's the MVP, like that's great. We could talk about it, but honestly, like we went through it, Dan, where you have, I mean, again, I don't know if this we even have time in a three-hour show to get to basketball. You had a big trade in the NBA between the Raptors and the Knicks, which feels like a precursor, possibly to another Knicks trade. You had the LeBron, was it three, was it two? You have Oklahoma City, by the way, going into Denver over this long weekend and just hammering the Nuggets, kind of Nuke style, announcing their presence with authority, like, are we missing Oklahoma City in this, could they come out of the West sort of thing? Um, there's, there's actually some good NBA discussion, but like, who's got time? Then you have these joke of bowl games. I don't even know if we get into whatever that was between Georgia and and Florida State's backups to their backups. You got tonight's games, and then you have this entirety of a weekend where we had Monday night football on Saturday night. That's super confusing. I just, I got to tell you, it's always confusing when they do that. It's really confusing on a holiday weekend when you don't really know what day is what. Did anybody else? It's it's one thing to, I, I've seen that, they've done that before with the Monday night football on Saturday, right? I think they did it last year. But when it's a holiday weekend, I legit have no idea what day of the week it was. I'm watching the game, and I turn to my son, and I was like, wait, is it Monday? He's like, no, I don't, what day is it? I don't know, but it says Monday night football right there. 
And then it actually took us both going to our phones going, no, it's Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Saturday is Monday Night Football. This Anyway, but we have the end of that game, which because of the outcome where the Cowboys win 20 to 19 on what feels like a completely blown call by the officials. It it changes Sunday because now the Eagles lose. So the Cowboys, all they got to do is beat the Commanders, and they win the NFC East. Oh, yeah, by the way, the San Francisco 49ers, because the Eagles collapsed yet again yesterday. This one to the Arizona Cardinals. The the Niners, like, their dude's got, like, three weeks off. Right? Trent Williams is the happiest dude ever. He's like, man, I've been all banged up. Now I get don't have to play week week 18. Don't have to. I mean, we got to buy. And the team that thought they were the best team last year, if not for injury, now will be the healthiest team heading into the playoffs. And then we got all kinds of other stuff. So I guess, Dan, here's my question to you. Where do you want to start? I think that there's, uh, you have to start in the NFC with what transpired, because it's a combination. Cowboys are now on the verge of winning the division. You mentioned the 49ers wrapping things up. But the most unexpected result that I think that we got on Sunday was that Arizona went to Philadelphia, dominated the Eagles, and then even in a situation, Doug, where Philadelphia grabs a lead late, that defense cannot keep Arizona out of the end zone, essentially knocking the Eagles out of a as you mentioned, the race for the number one overall seed, the NFC East crown right now, their destiny is not in their own hands, if you will. And to just look at where this team is over the last, I don't know, four to six weeks, Super Bowl hangover must have come late. Um, We know that they were playing with fire early this season, but I think we got to start in Philadelphia. Okay. So, and then honestly, and, and we, and I understand it's sports radio. And I understand, like, let's not bury the lead. The lead is the Philadelphia Eagles. But can we, for a second, just take a peek at the Cardinals, who, oh, yeah, by the way, have you seen some of the wins they had this year? They haven't won a game in the NFC West. But look at some of the wins they... Huh? <laughs> Yet. They got the Seahawks next week. <laughs> okay. But they, they beat the Cowboys. They go into... And I know the Cowboys didn't play other dudes. They go into Philadelphia and win, win. Oh, yeah, by the way, we all operate on the assumption that shouldn't they lose these games to get a top pick so then they can trade Kyler Murray or cut Kyler Murray? And then Kyler Murray balls out. And oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Gannon, their head coach, one, he's the guy who Eagles fans think blew the Super Bowl because, you know, <laughs> the Chiefs ran the same play two different times to win the game and could not have been Nick Sirianni's press conference was incredibly impressive in com- when he was announced as coach in comparison to Jonathan Gannon, who looked just like a complete clown, and they're really well coached. But let, let's 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 not get into the Arizona Cardinals. Let, let's go to the Eagles, where um, you know they lose their coordinators, they've lost some pieces, the defense isn't great, but also like Jalen Hurts, and we've said, well, is he healthy? And if he's not healthy, why are they running him so much? I don't even. Where do you where do you start with it? Be are they go over December? Is that right? Do they go over December? Since that win against the Chiefs that they had on that uh, Monday night game, where Marquez Valdez Scantling dropped the pass, which by the way was a common theme, unfortunately for the Chiefs uh, again in Week 17, even though they got the win. But I believe they're two and four in that stretch. 
So since that win against Kansas City where we thought, okay, this is maybe the one that writes the ship, because they were playing with fire. Yeah, for- I mean, they, should, they should have lost the Commanders early in the year. There's a bunch of other games. I mean, uh, the Bills had them dead to rights, too. Yeah. So I, I actually don't think it's that. It, it's not that surprising. It is surprising that the Cardinals beating them. And their inability to get off the field, get 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 the Cardinals off the field, and the Cardinals coming from behind, that that at home, that just they went through this gauntlet, Doug, of the Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, and Cowboys, and they ended up uh, in a scenario where they went three and two. So they split with the Cowboys. Obviously, we mentioned the Chiefs when you mentioned the Bills, and then getting destroyed by the Niners. That was supposed to be all right. They made it through because you had. The Monday night game against Seattle, which we all saw Drew Locke go 92 yards and take care of them. Even what they did last week on Christmas Day in having Terod Taylor come in for the Giants in place of Tommy DeVito and making that a competitive game. And the Cardinals, you're right. The Cardinals have always been competitive all season long. But there's just something wrong. They were outgained two to one, time of possession two to one, and even in the end, where you think, okay, this is where they can do their Houdini act. All you have to do, defense, is just get a stop on the last possession, and the Eagles will win the game, and all is good. What ends up happening? Seven plays, seventy yards, two minutes, touchdown, Arizona. I mean, yeah. Okay. Just- okay. So where does that stack up? So okay. So before we get to the Cowboys game and how it relates to it. What's the takeaway? What's the, you know, is well, this, you know, they, they've changed defensive coordinators or play callers, whatever. I love that, that they have a defense. You know, you're still a defense coordinator. You're just not going to call the defenses. Like, you see it, what? That's the, it's the, he's the Dwight Shroom, right? Shroom. What? Who's Dwight the? Dwight Shroom. Yeah. Right? Right? Dwight Shroom. He's the, the assistant, assistant to the general manager. Yeah. Assistant to the regional manager or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it, but you know, Matt Patricia. Okay, who, right. Matt, Matt Patricia, who thinks he knows everything, comes in and turns out that he can't fix his players, not plays. Um, then there's Nick Sirianni, who you know he walked around with his chest out, like he was a de- like like he was uh, what's the name McMahon from WWE all last year and early this year, you know, talking ish to everybody. Even after that Chiefs game, Doug, there was that video of him walking off the field. And I don't think anybody in their right mind felt that Philadelphia got revenge on the Chiefs because they won a regular season game compared to Super Bowl 57. But he walks off the field and he's, you know, yelling at the Chiefs fans in the tunnel, giving you a Ric Flair, you know, woo and like it's all it's it's all a mess. Jalen Hurts has been the adult in that room with that team ever since he stepped on the on the field for them. And since Nick Sirianni took over, it's been it's been evident. I do think that there's an issue. There's nobody that's going to say that they have the worst uh, roster in the National Football League. What people are going to say is, no, the Eagles have the best roster in the National Football League. You can say whatever you want. You know, maybe some people like Jalen Hurts. Some people don't like his style. Uh, it works for them, but for some reason. Their defense can't get off the field right now. And for some reason, A.J. Brown is still pouting. A.J. Brown didn't talk to the media 
yesterday. I don't think because they lost. I think it was because he only had five targets because they didn't have the football. And that's a theme because remember he was pouting yep. against after the Giants game last year where they destroyed the Giants in the playoffs and he wasn't happy that he got his targets. Yep. It's just to me, it's just a mess in, in Philadelphia right now. Opens things up for the NFC. And obviously now it just gives this, the Cowboys this path that I don't think that we thought was really available. I mean, the Eagles just had to go Giants, Cardinals, Giants to wrap up the NFC East, and they couldn't even do that. Okay, so uh, with that in mind, what about the, I mean, the, the ramifications of one call, which was pretty clearly a blown call. Like, I, I understand, I think we all, and, and Dan, you, if, if, you, if you dispute this, I'm, I'm more than willing to listen to it. But by now, we've had two days of information um, where, you know, the it's the the Lions were they were trying to kind of do the bait and switch. Right. Send three guys at the official, but only one was um, was making himself eligible. Uh, But the 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 key to it is, one, there's pretty good video evidence of who was pointing that he he was eligible and two, that. In a, they have a, a meeting 90 minutes for the game. Dan Campbell told them, this is what we're going to do, right? Everybody was like, this is what we're going to do in this situation. That's how it works in these trick plays. You run it, you know, you run it by them. And, and by the way, like this does actually work in all sports. We, you tell people in basketball all the time, you know how sometimes you can get called for a flagrant or back in the day, an intentional foul when you're intentionally trying to foul at the end of a game. The easiest way to make sure that doesn't happen is before the play, you tell the official, hey, we're trying to foul. We're going for the ball. And then they call it really quickly. That's that's the way it works. In the NFL, when you're going to run a trick play, you tell the officials beforehand, hey, just keep an eye out. We're going to do this in terms of formationally. It happened back when the Patriots uh, beat the Ravens in the playoffs. If you remember, that was the game before the deflate gate game where – you know, the Patriots inform the officials, hey, we're going to do this different kind of alignment. And it, it is legal if, if you watch for it, right? That's part of it. So is there any dispute that they pretty obviously missed this call? No, no, there's I, I don't think that there's there's any argument for it. OK, so with that in mind, like all the ramif- the Lions could be playing for home field. The Cowboys now, as the beneficiary of it, are probably going to win their division, <laughs> you know? And, oh, yeah, by the way, all that, the ni- the Niners, and again, it doesn't mean that the Eagles would have won or whatever. It, I don't think it has any effect, but all of this stuff, now the Cowboys still can't catch the Niners, but because the Eagles lost, now the Niners have two weeks off, all because of really one play. And I, I guess the question is this, if it's not in dispute, okay, if it's not in dispute, can you do the Little League, hey, we want to form a, file a protest? And did, did any does anybody have a protest story that went in their favor in Little League Baseball? No. Right? no. Listen, this game is protest under protest. Game, period. I've never, I've never, I've never seen a game under protest in in my memory actually work out. This game is under protest. That was all, that's an all timer, right? You used to you go and you'd step on third base and you appeal to the other umpire if there was another umpire. <laughs> that's the first thing. The second thing is, hey, this game is under protest. No one ever checked up. Like, hey, whatever happened to that game under protest? Remember third week of the season? Could could you 
change the outcome under protest. And then the other part to that is, and, and I'm, I'm interested in your opinion because I asked a couple of coaches and football people and basketball people their opinion. One thing lost in the Cowboys win over the Lions is the Lions get penalized. It goes back to the seven. Then the Cowboys get penalized. It goes back to the two. But at any of this point in time, like Dan Campbell could be like, ah, eh, let's just kick the extra point and let's go play in overtime and didn't do it. I, I guess he was fully committed, but did you have to be fully committed? No, I, I don't think that he had to, especially on the first one where you're seven yards back. It's just difficult to score from seven yards out. And in a one-play scenario, that is, yeah, it's not ideal. So supp- Brandon Staley is the only human being that thought, that's a good idea. Supp- we should do that. Should, yeah, I, love, I, love, I love what Campbell's doing. Uh, yeah, on the, on the offsides call, which I believe was then half the distance, uh, or the penalty that was on Dallas, Still, in that scenario, I mean, I mean, I guess I know that there could be an argument made that the you know Lions are the road team. Let's go for the win. Um, that that could be you know looked at it as well, injury wise, and just trying to you know get out of dodge and not playing overtime. Uh, another thing that that Lions fans will point to. I just look at it. The whole scenario of this is. This isn't Sean Payton being mad over a pass interference call. This isn't the Eagles being mad over a holding call in a Super Bowl. This is an official not implementing the rules and how they're supposed to be implemented. Like you can't even you can't even carry out the rules the right way. And the only time that I remembered something like this happening, Doug, involved the Lions 25 years ago. Jerome Bettis, coin toss. Referee doesn't hear it, sticks to his guns, doesn't hear tails, says, no, you said said heads, tails, or whatever Phil Luckett was saying. That's the only time that I can remember where like this sort of miscommunication resulted in such a crazy, wacky ending. Because I, I, I do think that there are similarities, but this isn't missing a call. This isn't this is not carrying out your duties in doing what you're supposed to be doing as a ref and implementing the actual rules. Yes, this is not a judgment call is what you're getting to. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's not a judgment call, right? Because you, you get people going back and going like, look, this is a hold. Look, this is a trip. This is a Schefter point out some mistripping call on Hutchinson that was called on you know, on the offensive yeah. line. Like, what are you doing, Adam? I mean, you'd, honestly, you're insulting everybody's intelligence. So, no, hey, look, there's a missed call here. I'm sure you can go the whole game. There's a bunch of missed calls. This is an administrative penalty. That's it's an administrative cut. It's cut and dry, and it's like, wait, what are we? There's, I, I, you know, and it's one of those things. Like, I'm all for human error in sports. Like, I understand if we turn officials into robots, but this one's not that hard. Um, it's it's not that it's it's one of those things where there is a lot going on. By the way, a lot going on, but it's your job. I mean, you can yes. hold up the. It's your job. And you can hold up the game, by the way. By the way, in that scenario, that was the only thing that was going on. Like, like in, in he was the only one standing there, and there's two lions in front of him and another one kind of running over. That's the only thing that you're dealing with at that time. And then he starts just walking over to tell. And, and by the way, I don't think that the lions in the huddle, as they're calling the play, should be listening to Brad Allen. No. Uh, announced that 70 was the eligible receiver. But, by the way, in Brad Allen, people don't realize this, they've been saying it for the last couple of days, I think the R is silent. 
So I think it's just Bad Allen. I think that's how you pronounce his name. That's the R is silent in Brad Allen. Allen. There it is. Uh, Joke no. number one of 2024. You know, for people who Thank don't you. know, Dan Beyer is a dad. Okay, R is silent. So, um, so he's allowed to make dad jokes, and that was a that was a good one. Sort of good rim shot dad joke. Dad joke. Yeah, I guess. Sort of. Doug Gottlieb, Dan Beyer, in for Dan and the Danettes. is Dan Patrick show. Happy New Year. If you're listening to us, unless you're listening to us, you know, in the drunk tank, you survived the night, right? And you're here for 24. Right? So that means you probably stayed off the roads. You probably stayed in. It is uh, a dear friend of mine is like, yeah, two holidays I just can't get down on is uh, Valentine's Day and New Year's. That's a pretty good one, right? I congratulate, we're congratulate, but there is something to kind of the, the newness of it, rebirth of it, starting anew. Boy, I wish Bad Allen, probably Bad Allen probably wishes we could start anew, don't you think? I mean, I, I think that's, that's, that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, Charles Robinson's going to join us upcoming uh, next. We'll get his thoughts on the debac- the officiating debacle, on what's wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles. And, oh, yeah, by the way, um, how is it possible that the Kansas City Chiefs don't seem to have wide receivers that can, I know, this is catch a football. Catch a football. Well, Dan Beyer, I'm Doug Gottlieb. That's next on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut. The new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb, Dan Beyer, in for Dan the Dan. It's Dan Patrick Show. You're on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome into you. Hope you had a great New Year's Eve or a calm New Year's Eve. Mercedes-Benz, the vehicles are all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at NBUSA.com slash EQS. Dan, let's catch up with uh, Charles Robinson, senior NFL reporter for Yahoo. Of course, co-host of the Zero Blitz podcast. And Charles, I mean, it's just an unbelievable amount of things to talk about in the NFL. Having gotten to Jordan Love last night. Um, uh, I mean, all of a sudden, looking like the next Hall of Fame Green Bay Packer quarterback. I, I, I get it that the Vikings aren't great right now, but uh, still, it's it's worthy of a discussion. But let let's start with Saturday night. Like, what are we what are we left with with what appears by all accounts to be a completely blown call that has dramatically changed the playoff picture? Yeah, I mean, um, it looks like Brad Allen and his crew, uh, they're going to be, uh, I don't want to say demoted, but they won't be uh, calling a lot of games in the playoffs. I don't think that, I think that assignment went out the window with the missed calls between uh, the Lions and uh, Dallas Cowboys. I was there for that. I've never um, really seen anything like that unfold where – it was clear uh, that the Lions, exactly what they were going to do on that two-point play. We were sitting in the box, and um, when Taylor Decker caught the touchdown pass, I literally, I was sitting next to Jarrett Bell from USA Today, and I said, I said, Jarrett, I said, uh, did they just call the wrong number? I'm like, because, you know, Decker's 68. They said 70's eligible, 70 lined up a tackle. I'm like, that, that doesn't look right. Like, so, something just happened that doesn't make any sense in my head. And then, you know, when you saw Jared Goff go off, you saw, you know, Dan Skipper, who was the, the extra lineman for the Lions who checked in and lined up a tackle. And then Decker, they're all going off. You know, Dan Campbell's going ballistic. I think we all kind of knew in the press box right then that this was clearly something that the officiating crew blew because there's no way the Lions would have checked in a, a tackle had Decker, you know, clearly have an exchange with Brad Allen, the referee on the play. 
and then go out and just line up in the wrong positions and you know a play that you spend an entire week installing um and then you know dan campbell afterward reveals that uh you know something that he had laid out to the crew like if we get in this situation you need two-point conversions here's what we're going to do just so everybody's on the same page and what was unfortunate was afterward we're all we're in each of the locker rooms you know it's all buzzing we're like all right it's a pool report out what's going on what did brad allen say like what's the what's the justification for how that call went and Brad Allen basically was like, yeah, Lions lying. <laughs> like every, everybody that said that, you know, Decker checked in and, you know, that's not what happened. Um, and, and then, you know, when pressed on kind of like, okay, we'll explain the, the play, you know, he even said, well they, well, they lined up in a way, you know, they checked in this way, but then they lined up in a way that was basically opposite of, of how they checked in. We're like, dude, you're wrong. Like you clearly, you just blew it. Just say you blew it. Like it's fine. Say you blew it. Didn't say that, and you know now the NFL. The demo, it's funny because the whole idea that the crew's not going to call games in the playoffs. The NFL is going to point at this tripping call that was uh, called on Peyton Hendershot, which was also a bad call earlier in the game, um, as sort of the justification. And this is behind the scenes, but sort of as the justification for what they're doing. And I think that's because they don't want to say, "Hey, yeah, you know this consequential two point play that." Gave the 49ers, I mean, look, the 49ers have the number one seed now. It played into that. Uh, the Lions in the division round could have to go on the road to Dallas. It played into that. It kept Dallas alive for the NFC's title. Played into that. Like, this is a monumentally consequential blown call uh, for the NFL. So, just uh, rough. And for that to happen on the national stage that it did, really, really bad black eyes for the NFL, I think. Charles, Doug and I were just talking about this. I, I find I find the, the mistripping call and what Allen did or didn't do completely separate because we see missed right. calls all the time. Will the sure. NFL look at it because it's like a procedural sort of deal or, or how can the league handle just the, you know, blatant misstep by Allen in that scenario? I, I don't I don't think they're going to – I would be shocked if they even engage on it. I, I And I think the Hendershot um, – the reason why you pointed to Hendershot is just, not that it wasn't consequential, um, but – it, it, as you said, it's like a judgment call. You yeah. see, you know, clearly it was Aiden Hutchinson. Clearly, you know, it looked like Aiden Hutchinson was trying to trying to trip on the play. You, you know, you, you you saw something. You made a judgment call. Okay, fine. But but the Allen situation, and I think why they'll just try to steer clear of it is it, it wasn't a judgment call. It was just a straight up error in doing your job. Right. And I know people are are going to say, well. You know, Detroit, you know, they screwed themselves. Why are you sending three offensive linemen at a guy? Well, there's a reason why you're doing that. You're, you're trying, there's gamesmanship. You're trying to confuse Dallas. You're hoping that, hey, there's some defenders that aren't paying attention. They're seeing a bunch of guys walk through the official. They're going like, geez, which, how, you know, who's checking in? What's going on? And then you're hoping that they're not, they're not paying attention when it's announced over the PA. And then Allen goes over and tells the defense, here's who's eligible. It does happen, you know, in the moment. Some defensive players will they'll gap it, and then all of a sudden, when it's about to be snapped, they're like, "Oh, uh oh, like what am I looking at here? And and who's going to be eligible on this play?" They can get confused. It's incumbent upon Allen in that situation to focus in, know who he's talking to, know who's checking in, and instead, what you saw was Skipper runs on the field. You see Allen point at him, right? People are talking about Panay Sewell being being close to Allen. I, there was no verbal exchange there. It was clearly Taylor Decker who was talking to him. You see him have a verbal exchange with Taylor Decker, and he has to know in that moment what Decker's saying. 
he's checking in. He can't assume just because Skipper's running on the field and he's pointing at him that Skipper's checking in is eligible. Um, he has to get it all his ducks in a row. And this, oh, by the way, there, there was dead ball. Like, there was, there was time to sort this out and get it right. It wasn't like it was, hey, we're, we're running, we're getting this, and, you get, and, it's, and it's chaos. No, he had the moment. He just blew it. And I think that's why the league, you steer clear, because it's straight up a guy who, who blew his job in the moment. It was not a judgment call. Okay, let, let's get to some, some actual football. Charles Robinson, Yahoo Sports, senior NFL reporter, joining us with Dan Byram, Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, how do you explain the collapse of the Eagles? They can't stop anybody running. I mean, like, if, if we can, you know, I, A.J. Brown not scoring a touchdown in five games bothers me. You know, there's some things offensively that, that um, I'm, I'm slightly nervous about. But I think the bigger issue here, when you look at them and you talk to people who are really breaking down the film consistently with the Eagles, they say, like, the big problem here, they can't stop uh, running games. And they're going to go into playoffs and they're going to face teams in the NFC that – are running it reasonably, you know, reasonably well, or you know, want to run the football against them, and then you, you know, you watch them against Arizona. And, um, first off, just a huge game for Jonathan Gannon, Monty Austin for the, the coach and general manager in in Arizona. They had circled this big culture game for them. They're like, hey, look, you know, Gannon's coming over from Philly. We want this win. This is a building block win for us. And I mean, this was circling the calendar for a long time. Um, and then they go out and. You see, you know, James Conner and Michael Carter run for 189 yards. And you're like, okay, that's and, – and by the way, in that 189 yards, it wasn't like somebody ripped off a 60-yard run. No, they just pounded them. They just pounded them and consistently beat up the front end of that Eagles defense. And, you know, I think the problem is um, when you just talk about the spine of it, the, the run defense – uh, that's that's what to me is probably most troubling, you know, in terms of like a fatal flaw. In the Eagles, I'd be if they get knocked out. I'm telling you, I guarantee you, whoever they lose to uh, in the in the playoffs will will have had a, a good running game and uh, against them in that game. I, I think that's the really the fundamental flaw here. There are other things, underlying issues, how the offense is being called. You know, Hurts uh, is not uh, quite playing at the level that he was last season, where you're looking at like a guy's like ripping off 250 yards passing, you know, 60, 70 yards running. Um, but the, the bigger issue here is just defensively. They, they had all those losses. They lost their coordinator. They lost personnel from last season. And, and the defense is not nearly as tough as it was against the run. The Ravens keep on rolling, and each week it seems like another contender. They just flick yeah. away, um, yeah. just complete domination. I, I, I guess you know we're we're going to start offensively with Lamar and the perfect passer rating in the, in the game that he had. Is it just Todd Monken? Is it that, that these two are just you know great together? I mean, considering all the pieces, is it you know what Lamar did in the offseason after getting the new deal? What what has been the difference in his game in twenty twenty three that now leads them to the number one seed? He's just so much more. When you talk to the guys that face him, he's so much more patient and dedicated to. Um, like he's still running, but the thing is, he will he'll stick in the pocket and he'll navigate things in the pocket, and then he'll connect from inside the pocket. And so, like uh, Vic Fangio was saying, you know, coming into this game, like you know, just how how much more balanced he had become as a player. I remember before the Niners game, Nick Bosa was talking about like, hey, we played him in 2019. Now we're playing him now. He's a completely different person. Better player than he was in 2019. Remember, that's the MVP year. Yeah. His last MVP year. Yeah, and uh, that's Nick Bosa going like, this is a different guy. 
like he plays the football game differently than he did in, in 2019. And so I think part of it is, you know, the scheme monk and, um, you know, what, what he's bringing to the table. But I really do think it's Lamar's dedication to go, you know, okay, I'm going to stay in structure. Um, if things break down, I'm not just going to take off and, you know, I'm not going to take off and run. I think he learned something physically coming out of that injury last year that, you know, he knows uh, there's this depreciating asset in his game in terms of the running game. If I keep doing this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an injured player, even though physically I've changed. Another thing, too, though, that I think is interesting is um, you hear, like, hey, he's really dedicated to his diet. He's really dedicated to the weight room. Like, here are these aspects of his game that now as he's matured as a player. Like, Early on, I remember hearing, like, man, Lamar loves candy. <laughs> like, he's like, sure. always walking around the facility, like, <laughs> eating candy all the time. And, like, you know, guys are like, he's still kind of a kid. And now it's like, no, like, he knows training table is part of this. Like, I got to I gotta have the correct diet and health. I'm not going to be sick, you know, a couple times a season, which there was that sort of, like, you heard frustration. The building, like, man, he keeps getting sick. Like, is he eating right? And then, again, being in the weight room, it's just there's a certain maturity aspect of his game. Um, that's really, I think, kind of blossomed coming out of all the controversy last season. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, man, this last month, I mean, you just sit there and you're like, it was it was that period where I remember thinking, okay, this is when Dak Prescott is either going to win or lose the MVP uh, in December. And then Lamar beats the Rams, <laughs> Jacksonville, San Francisco, Jacksonville and San Francisco on the road, Miami at home, um, all four playoff teams. I mean, it was just, he ripped it. He just ripped it. And, uh it's it's really really impressive to see what he's done and to be able to you know have what was effectively a perfect game against a Vic Fangio defense that has a lot of talent on it uh, yeah, says a lot about how the, far he's come. The, 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 there is the other side to it. What about Miami? Are we allowed yeah. to call them pretenders now? I mean, and Bradley Chubb probably lost for the year as well. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's a that you're talking about a significant injury there, and then um, as you said, I mean there's. You, you, you're looking at a Dolphins team where you're like, all right, um, you, you beat Dallas, you know, 22 to 20, but Dallas made a lot of coaching mistakes in that game. They screwed up like every which way in that game. And then you look over the balance of the schedule and you're like, okay, well, where's the win against a playoff team? It doesn't exist. There's not, I mean, other than Dallas, there's, there's not a, and, and I don't think it was a good win. But I don't know if it was necessarily a quality win because of some of the mistakes that Dallas made. Um, no, I mean, you know, you get crushed to get crushed by Baltimore in a game where everyone knew the ramifications here, right? Um, everyone knew this is your opportunity to show you can beat a team that is of playoff caliber. And it, not only that is playing at an elite level and, you know, you lose, you, beat, you lost to Philly, you lost to Kansas city. So right now to me, they've shown that, um, you know, you can beat bad teams, but the upper echelon best teams in the NFL, it's it's been proven on the field you you can't get over the hump there and the last shot you're really going to have is you know this home game against against Buffalo and you know Buffalo wants that game too so uh, it's it's problematic and uh, yeah I mean I think even offensively they're not really operating at the level that they were earlier I think in the season definitely not against the best teams. Charles Robinson, senior NFL reporter for Yahoo, co-host of the Zero Blitz podcast. Download it. It's really, really, really good. Charles, thanks so much for joining us. Happy New Year, Chio. Let's talk soon. Absolutely. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Be safe. And this hour is brought to you by TireRack.com, official 
tire expert and retailer of the Dan Patrick Show. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan. Try the tire decision guide. See a full line of Bridgestone tire, special offers, free road hazard protection, and mobile tire installation. TireRack.com is the way tire buying should be. I'm Doug Gottlieb. He's Dan Beyer. Morning for Dan today in the Danettes. Coming up next in the Dan Patrick Show, Panthers owner David Tepper had a uh, appropriate ending to 2023. Want to hear about it? It's next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Doug Alley, Dan Byer, in for Dan the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. So, um, Byer, by now you've seen the viral video of David Tepper, right? Yes. Yes. And for people who haven't, I mean, just turn on your phone, you'll probably see it. David Tepper is the owner of the Carolina Panthers. Of course, there's a lot of other Carolina Panthers stuff, like they stink. Um, and... You know, Frank Reich apparently didn't want to draft Bryce Young. Like <laughs> Tepper wanted to draft Bryce Young, and we know how that's worked out, right? Remember, he passed up on giving Steve Wilkes the full-time gig. S- upset some people. 
You know, Steve Wilkes, of course, one year with Arizona. He's doing a great job as the defensive coordinator of the of the San Francisco 49ers. He hires Frank Reich and didn't allow Frank Reich, who's a former quarterback and seen as a quarterback guru, to actually pick his quarterback. And then, of course, at the end of what is a disastrous season, he throws a drink on a Jaguars fan. Um, what do you think the league does? <laughs> I hate it. Uh, I- it's a good question. He uh, he handled that drink like it was a first round pick. Just Oof. threw it away. Just gave it away to the Chicago Bears. Which, by the way, the Panthers with that loss clinched the worst record in the NFL. So the Bears are on the clock with that first round pick. I think they'll be a fine. I don't think that you can dock them draft picks for it, but I do think that is really like the only the only spot where it really hurts them is when you do that. Like, a, what is a fine to David Tepper? Right? He's a billionaire. What is that going to do? Keeping him out of the stadium for a couple of games for the season finale? Good. I, I wouldn't want to go to, you know, see another Panthers game either this year. No, thank you. I just don't. I, there's really no punishment that you can do that would. And, and anything that would be significant. May not rise to the level of the actions, but just an awful, awful look. And it was how it was how he threw it as well, where it was just this. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to throw a drink, but it was just it was so like flippantly. It was just odd. It's such a bad look. It's such a remarkably bad look. And it's one of those, you know, don't don't punch down deals. You know, you just can't punch down. No matter what people say, people say awful things to you. Awful. Uh, but are you really getting upset at what a Jaguars fan says? Like, really? Like, this was the laughing stock. They were the laughing stock of the NFL a year and a half ago. So, and and that shouldn't matter. But again, if you want to process it that way, really going to throw a drink on the laughing stock of the National Football League? That seems odd. Uh, someone pointed out, and I wish I remembered who it was because it was so well put because there have been questions about how things are going with Carolina. Someone pointed out if this is how he's acting in the public, imagine what he's like behind the scenes, you know, in a scenario like this, like like anything that is said about David Tepper now will be validated by that video. So all you have to do is just point to it. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not too far to connect the dots to that. No. Not, not in any way. There are two wins, by the way, this year. the A 15-13 win over the Texans, and then their 9-7 win over the Falcons. So in the two games that they won, the most points, the most points that they scored were 15. You know what we haven't gotten to? And, uh, you know, like, forgive me, if you're, uh, if you're an NFL fan, you're like, I can't believe you haven't gotten to it. Because there's a lot. We haven't talked about Jordan Love last night. It was can, spectacular. Can I ask you one quick question before yeah, we move whatever on? You want. Have you ever had a drink thrown in your face? Um, I have not. Hold on, I want to think here. Jay Stu, that's a negative. Uh, I yes, once, once, college. You have Chris. Yeah. You have. Yeah, it's more like a pitcher of beer dumped on me, but yes. Oh wow, that's a, that's next level. Really, that's 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 next level. It, it was at a punk show, so I think it, I wasn't the intended target, but nevertheless, oh, just no, no I, I was yeah. the intended target. 
Uh, it was it was refreshing. It was refreshing at the time. And what do you do? You know, you just grab a napkin and you just can kind of stand like like it is. It is like embarrassing. Of course, it right? Is. That's the whole idea. Yeah, it, right? Isn't it? Uh, yeah, it was a. I'm not sure I'm ready to tell that story, but yeah, I've had one through it. Sure. <laughs> it was a long. It was a. It was a. It was a long time ago. Sure, it's just happened to you. That's just just for it, the record. It, it, we know it that did, it's happened. It did, in fact, happen. Did in fact happen. It was one of those um, kind of out of body moments. It was, uh, and this is like long time. This is college, and a woman who I've been, I guess, dating. And, um, yeah, she threw a drink in my face. And then, yeah, then there was at, at some point there was a confrontation with a football player who was way bigger than me. And I did the kind of it felt like a roadhouse sort of move where I had a I had no choice but to break a beer bottle and hold it and say, look, dude, I can't I can't fight you, but I can cut you. And at, at what point in time? people? Jeez. Broke it, <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it felt like kind of a scene out of a movie, sort out of. Out of the Outsiders or something. Yeah, a little bit. Little Outsiders. The sure. waters aren't still I, in I still probably, water. I, I'd like to think I was more Pony Boy than anybody else. Yeah, I think that's that, that's what it was. Man, I, that hour flew by, and there's so much meat left on the bone. Um, Dan Byer, Doug Gottlieb, been for Dan the Danettes. So. Are we convinced Jordan Love's a dude now? Plus, the college bowl season is kind of a bad joke. We'll get to that next. The Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.